0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver and Gig Economy News, powered by uberliftdrivers.com. I'm your host, SJ, and it's time to get it on.
1: Well, deep night, head by,
0: I want to welcome everybody to the fifth Para Presents uh, Para, Para Rodeo Roundtable. Um, this week, we have a completely different panel as we have each week. A couple members have traveled over one to the other. Uh, David Pickerell is the CEO in, of Para. And uh, David, how are you today?
1: I'm good. As always, or this nice morning,
0: morning. This morning. I guess, Tired, David, but,
1: gla- tired but glad to be here. Good
0: to be that's here. good. That's good. Um, our panel tonight, uh, is Kim side money plans. Uh, we have Ellen from delivering with Ellen, uh, savvy shopper delivers. That's Holly camp. And we have the driven mom, Lisa. So you guys, if you don't, or if you are not familiar with these, uh, channels, please check them out. They will all be in the show notes and, uh, The topic tonight is the rise of women in the gig economy. And so I was having a little bit of struggle where to start with this and kind of like, you know, where does this go? Because I know all of these wonderful people here tonight. Um, So it was a little bit I had to go back in my in in my history of gig work to just when it was rideshare. So pre-pandemic and to 2014 when there was no delivery and even when there was near the beginning of the pandemic it really was accounting for nothing it was still ride share and that's where i started thinking okay then there was a big difference then there wasn't as many women driving that was a noticeable thing to me i will say that since the pandemic i don't think that i have noticed anything of an unbalance of women to men maybe that's me maybe that's my market i don't know um, but I did have a question that I'm not sure I knew. So I, I, this one is something that maybe will help me bounce here. Is that uh, did any of you guys do gig work before the pandemic?
2: I have, I did. yeah.
0: Okay, so all of you were doing delivery. No. Lisa, you were doing Rideshare.
3: I did Rideshare before the pandemic.
0: Before the pandemic, okay.
2: I only tried Rideshare in 2016. I did it and did like three rides. And then, so I'd signed up for DoorDash and Uber. I did three rides and was out. And that's all I did. So, and then I was doing selling online through Poshmark. Um, But then I didn't
0: do anything else
2: until after the pandemic.
0: Kim, I don't think you ever have, and I don't think you have any desire to do rides. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit
4: here and say her you say know, okay. no no I mean I just my thing.
0: Right. Ellen, same way or yeah.
4: yep.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't do one ride. Nope.
5: Not yeah. at all interested. Nope.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Lisa, I know that it's Either. I know it's probably more Tony that does the ride share, but I know you still do.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: What so what what makes you choose to do it or whatnot when you do or don't?
3: For me, the reason why we started with rideshare is because it is a lot more profitable. Right. um, Than food delivery. I mean, Tony can make like four times what I make in an hour doing rideshare versus me doing food delivery. So.
0: So what would make you do rideshare now, though, or nothing? Are you kind of Um, done with it?
3: Actually, Tony and I are considering getting me a Tesla in November, and then I will be doing rideshare Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we'll be home together, both of us, um, the other four days of the week so that he can, you know, not be working 80 hours a week.
0: Right. Yeah. So you would go back to rideshare. You have no problem doing it?
3: No, um, because I know... Uh, what to do to keep myself safe like I know what areas not to drive in I know what time of day to drive honestly I'm going to focus my attention on the airport because taking people to and from the airport is big money and no like 95 percent of the people you pick up from the airport aren't weird yeah
0: I mean it's still (laughs) notice I said 95 percent you're still saying (laughs) one in 20 are though
3: I mean and when I say weird, I don't mean like um, you know, like creepy or dangerous. They're right. just like you're not
5: picking up from the air not the airplane, not picking up from like a bar where you run. Right. Being, no,
3: I won't I won't be driving at night. Yeah. I won't be picking people yeah. up from parties. If I do drive in the evening, it will be to a certain point, probably about eight o'clock. And that's to drop people off at the parties, but not pick them up from the parties. Right. Or the bars or whatever.
2: The safety aspect of it is not why I don't do it. None of that scares me. I would, I would honestly, I'd do any of it. I really don't care. But
0: so I know you're a people person, Holly. So what is it then?
2: (laughs) It's the having a car that you have to keep like pristine all the time. I needed to have a second car that this is my rideshare car and this is my regular car because I always have so much crap in my car because I'm on the road, you know, 10 hours a day. So I've got all my snacks and I've got all my bags that I carry all my groceries in and you know, my ice packs and all that stuff.
0: So it's like my house. <laughs> right. But like, like Lisa was saying, there's more money in it. So there you is. just gotta, you gotta tidy up your house a little more.
3: <laughs> but that is one part of day. it. That is one part of it is keeping your car clean. Like, and that was hard for me when I was doing ride share. Cause I was using our family vehicle and we had, three four kids at the time and keeping a car clean with four kids and it is a lot of work right. a yeah. lot of work
0: i used to keep you know when i was doing rideshare my car never was cleaner ever i mean it's never been that clean since like yep. now you know <laughs> now that i do other apps and stuff my car never sees the cleanliness level that it did when during rideshare because at okay. the end of every night i would end at the car wash i would yep. wash my car i had a subscription and I would do the, ins. I mean, it looked, it looked ready to sell every day, every night before I went to bed at a full tank of gas, everything. So it was a different process. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I have, I, a, I have, I, I have, have a dog Mexico that sheds so all the time.
5: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a dog doing that.
0: Um, But yeah, I mean, they, but they, David, they make those things too, that you can pull down over the seats. Have you ever seen those? And then you can just like whip that out, and that'll have the dog hair on it, the rest won't. So there, there are some of those that work, by the way, if you've been, ever encountered ones that don't. Oh, there are true, some that she, truly she, work. She's, she's a husky, so it's just hair everywhere. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Right. That's why you would have actually a removable piece that brings out her hair. Yeah, because you're not ever going to get it all out of there. Yeah, it's just... But so, okay, so here was a couple. So I Googled a few different things. And then and so I took down these notes of different things that I saw. And I wanted to see how you guys feel about this. I mean, so gender pay gaps. I, there's articles from April of this year about um, women are being paid less than men in a study. Now, this is from WeForum, you know. And then I found a thing on Forbes uh um, that women have the best opportunity in the gig economy right now and that what policy and uh, on a political side, what policymakers need to know about women in the gig economy, because it's particularly suited as flexible ad hoc work allows them to um, do. Uh, and this will get, this will seem sexist to some people because there's stay at home dads as well. But uh you know, if they're taking care of kids at home, it allows them more flexibility for that and whatnot. What, what do you guys, what do you guys know? Do you do? You, what is anything st- that stands out to you as a woman in the gig economy that's maybe us, maybe David and I have never experienced or um, anything? I mean, is there? Are, do you feel like all like like? Do you feel like you like to? I know that Holly will work late. Um, I know that Lisa will work a little later, probably if it's like the other the, the deliveries and groceries. She doesn't want to do rideshare at night to get all this. So it's to each their own safety levels. But do you like I I've saw a bunch of articles on uh, stats that show that women don't like working after dark, that it's way more men after dark, regardless of which platform it is. And see, again, this is where I get into a bit of a jam because I know all you guys and I think that you all work after dark.
4: I know I do. I work until yeah, 9, 10 so. o'clock at night. Um, but I also come from a retail background where I used to work at night. So to me, it's nothing that I'm not used to just because that was my background before. So it, to me, it's like the same concept. If I'm used to working it now, I'm working it again. Like It's just something I'm accustomed to. So yeah, I do I do work at nights, but that's where the money is. I mean, to say that there's a pay gap, I don't know. I, I feel like I kind of prove that wrong a little bit every single week. Um, but maybe I'm shortening myself because I'm not doing rideshare, but to me that's my own personal choice, not by gender, just by that's my choice. I don't want to do rideshare. If I chose to do rideshare, you know, I could be making more money, but that's not the choice I wanna make for myself. And then As far as, you know, I'm in a lot of times, I do this for the flexibility, just like you said, because I'm a mom, I get my daughter, uh, I know, on the bus in the morning, I get her off the bus in the afternoon, I play mom in the afternoon, and then I go out at night and do my thing. So, you know, those are kind of the, I think those are like the three things you talked about, but that's kind of what it fits into my life and why I do gig work.
5: Honestly, if I can make enough doing deliveries during the day i would um i do deliver at night but i take my 16 year old son with me because i had terrible eyes and it's hard for me to see and he actually enjoys doing that with me because he just got his permit so he's practicing his driving Mm -hmm. um but if i could make enough money during the day and not worry about going out at night i absolutely would Uh, nothing not that i'm because i stick to areas that are that are closed i try not to go there are times when i'm in an area that's not safe, um, but more just because I I want to be home at night, and I really feel like lately I'm in order to make up the money I don't make enough during the day, so a lot of times I don't have a choice that I have to go out at night. So it's usually me working part of the day, get home, you know, kids from school, what have you, go back out again later, come back home, dinner, and then go back out again. So. I I don't have a choice to like uh, say I can't go out at night. I'm too afraid. It's just it's almost like not an option for me if I want to make some money.
0: That's like uh, the bummer in what you just said though is you got to you got to rally yourself three times a day to go out and work.
5: Sometimes more. See
0: that's 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 tough to me because once I'm out I'm good. But the rallying to to come home to have a down minute even then get like get back out that door. Oh, me
5: too. I, I wish I could work a straight-through shift. I just, with my son, I, I can't do that. I have to be home, get whatever, make sure he's good, go back out again. I'm lucky enough to where I can leave for a couple of hours. But absolutely,
2: I wish I could work a straight-through shift. Yeah, yeah, if I go home, even just, I'm going to run in and go to the bathroom really quick. It's like, I'm so ADHD. I'm just like, oh, there's laundry. Oh, there's the dogs. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's this. And it's like, <laughs> two hours later, I'm like, oh, crap. I was supposed to go here, you know? <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't Lisa,
0: well. what what about you?
2: Um,
3: all right, so I have several things that I was thinking about while everybody was talking. So I'll try and like keep it like compartmentalized and not lose my train of thought. But for me, um, I don't think there is a wage gap because a wage gap would mean that a man and a woman with the same skill level doing the exact same job are being paid less once being paid more and once being paid less. And as far as I know, DoorDash and Uber Eats and Uber and Lyft don't discriminate based on gender. So there's not a wage gap that way. I think I read the same article you did. And their argument for the wage gap is that women are um, pay, play more of a caretaker role. So they're not able to work as much as men or they're worried about safety. So they don't drive during the busy times because of their safety issues. Um, but for me, I do drive at night to a certain point and only not because I don't feel safe, but because I have a very strict bedtime for myself
1: Yeah, and I like I- to be
3: home at a certain time and in bed because I have to wake up the next morning, wrangle my five kids, homeschool them. And that doesn't work if I don't get good sleep. So,
0: and that's what I have to put up against, against this Yes, because it probably was the same one we were reading. And to be honest, like that kind of bothered me because I was thinking this. I was thinking of you group of ladies and, of course, Faith, who was supposed to be here. So I'm going to point her out and single (laughs) her out that she is not here. Um, Faith, we miss you here tonight. But uh, I honestly, like I know all of you to hustle and earn and just like everybody else, make what you need to make. Maybe even more so than some of the guys I know (laughs) Well, you know, like so to me like i don't see it like that gender gap doesn't exist i think that they onboard everybody and yes we all see the same rates i mean there could be surges or bonuses but i just you guys are able to you and tony are able to do side-by-side phones so i mean you can kind of see that i just don't really think that's happening if i if it is i don't know i mean i will retract the words and i feel horrible and I will deep dive into it, but I, I just don't I don't see it that way that this article was talking about it. In fact I see anybody that comes into the gig economy has the same chances as anybody else. Does anybody else feel differently than that?
2: Well from what I've read, because it's talking about the gig economy as a whole. It's not necessarily talking about just delivery drivers or whatever. And I don't think that the wage gap affects what we do as delivery drivers or ride share. I think it affects other freelancers and the article that I was reading talked about software developers and people that work in it and that that had the greatest gap and that the men were making three times as much women, as much as women in that area. And also accounting and consulting had very high rates that the men were making more than the women. So I think when you're talking about the wage gap in the gig economy, it's really kind of we're separated from that.
0: Right. That's And th- but, this was specifically at the gig economy. That's why I'm like, I just didn't see eye to eye with this. And plus, I was wondering where they got their samples from, because I was th- again, I was thinking of all you guys. And I'm like, well, no, all you guys, well, hustle. you work at the, nights, you do. things. My other you- point,
2: though, is but if these freelancers, if the men are making three times as much as the women as freelancers, we're setting our own price. So that's kind of like, okay, well, then are the women just not charging enough? I mean, I don't understand how that could be either. That kind of confuses me. Cause...
3: I have read where the women in the freelance work will use uh, like a male pen name because it ends up getting them more bids than if they uh-huh. went with a female name. So,
0: so maybe See, they... but you guys have seen that I've like interviewed like Kim Cavan before. She's an independent contractor and a writer. She gets paid more than any guy or girl. And she tells everybody how it's going to be. So I've never seen anybody lay down the law like her either. Like no man that I know does that. No female I know does that. She's the only one that does that. So she's not afraid to put her stamp and charge whatever she needs to on anything. And she charges top dollar. And I guess maybe that's name recognition. But I, again, I might not know. Um, In that area, maybe there is. Uh, it's odd. I've had a few conversations with that group, though, and I've never heard them say to me either that that was a concern of theirs. I didn't bring it up as such, like, hey, do you guys see this? Or, And I guess we were talking about a lot of AB5 or Proact type stuff at the time, so that might not have been their focus, but um, that's interesting. I, I will absolutely bring it up with those ladies because they are all friends and people that I work with often, so I would I would like to know what they think about that side of the gig economy, the more traditional non app based
2: right, gig right. work. Right. I mean why yeah. like she said, you can use another name or there's many names that are unisex. Even Kim. Kim can go male or female as well. So
0: I wonder, you know, like I, I get I guess I gotta ask and here I mean here we are we're doing this piece, but why why would that even exist though? Why would that even exist anymore? Because you might I mean the voice you're looking for might be a woman's. Why wouldn't you just pay the same? it
2: could be But there's just chauvinistic people out there, unfortunately, that still think, you know, the woman should be in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant and the man is the one with all the knowledge. And I can tell you that's not true.
0: You think that there's people in like big firms, though, that really still have teams under them that are like, hey, if we can work that angle, work it.
3: I don't think it's big. I don't think it's big corporations, though, that are hiring these freelancers that are discriminating like that. I think it's probably smaller businesses where it's maybe like one or two like higher ups and then like maybe 10 employees. Like I don't, I don't think we just
0: kind of swallow the way it is. And
3: yeah, I mean, if it's like a family run business, like, you know, sometimes that's just ingrained in you.
0: Yeah. Doesn't mean
3: you should continue the cycle, but just saying
0: yeah but i mean like holly was saying too like i mean how do these you know most freelancers i know talk to other freelancers in other states in other markets like mm-hmm. all over the place like we do with gig workers so i mean when they be somewhat in the loop like hey why did i get paid x right. for 1200 words and why'd he get paid Y? right i i would think that there would be some real quick red flags floating around like Wait a minute.
2: Yeah, I don't understand that when you're setting your own rates. But but Um, like you said, maybe they don't want to hire women if they're charging that much. I don't know. So
3: during the pandemic, I didn't want to go out and work because I wanted to be home with the kids, keep them safe, you know, limit our exposure and everything. Um, Tony was doing food delivery. I picked up freelance writing and the way that this company worked, it was like, if you're, you know, a beginner in our company, you make three cents a word. Like it doesn't matter male or female, you make three cents a word. And then as your experience with the company grows, as you stay with them longer, it goes up from there. Um, when I stopped doing that, I had gone from three cents to five cents, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're writing like, you know, 2000 word articles, it is actually pretty decent money.
0: Right. Actually, so, I'm getting
2: ready to start some freelance writing, so I want to talk to you about that. I never okay. Okay.
0: About you. okay. I, I I do that too, so you can talk to me too, Holly. And then <laughs> oh, you okay. then you'll have the male perspective of what I charge. See what she um, you charge. Do I want? I to can all, to we can all them. do a comparison <laughs> and see what's going on here. Okay. Oh, you're getting um,
2: 15 cents a word. Is that what you said? Because you're a guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: Fifteen, fifty. No, I'm just kidding.
2: but that had nothing to do with
3: gender. So <laughs> no, I know.
0: Right. No, no. Again, I, I would honestly think that that whatever whoever that was through would have paid me the same thing. That's just a guess, but I'm just guessing. I would have there would have been no difference. But maybe I'm wrong. Um I don't know. For see, all of you all of you ladies I know are not scared to go out there and work I mean you've got your you've got your eyes up you've got your you're watching your six you're you're paying attention to your situations so a lot of this must be based around you know like do women feel safe coming into the gig economy I happen to feel like it's yes maybe some are still no but I feel like it's the same with with guys but maybe I'm wrong um did it take any of were any of you like hesitant for more than like a couple weeks before coming on Like, did you play with the thought of the gig economy for months before you actually pulled the trigger? Did you say, no, this isn't going to be a problem. I'll do this.
4: My My first week, well, I started with DoorDash, but my first week, my husband was already doing DoorDash. So he actually went with me for the first couple of deliveries until I felt comfortable and got my own comfortability level. And then I just kind of took off from there. So it was nice having someone be there for the first couple of deliveries just to say, okay, I've got this and then, you know, keep on going.
0: Right.
5: I mean, I don't think when I started it doing like deliveries, definitely when Uber came out and Lyft um, for me, that was just, I can't even remember. Probably mainly anyone did, was because of the safety issue. Just, I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. People don't want my car. I have my reasons. Um, but doing food delivery, it wasn't a slight thought in the back of my head was, well, it is kind of funny. I'm going up to someone's house and you know, it could be late night or even during the day. So slightly worried about my safety, but not enough to where it was like, let me give this a shot because, um, it's great site income and for some people it's great full-time income so that overshadowed the fact that you know there something could potentially happen but i think for me it was just um getting out there and giving it a shot so that's just my opinion
3: yeah um my experience when i got started was very similar to kim like with rideshare tony had already been doing it actually for like six or seven months before he was like hey you should try this and, you know, we kind of have a, a little discussion back and forth. What about safety? What about this? What about that? And um, I don't think it was like a month of a discussion, though, probably like two or three days. And then I was like, okay, fine. Let's let's just try it, see how it goes. That's the great thing about gig work is that if you start doing it and you don't like it, you can just quit. Like you, you're not like in a contract or anything like that, like you can just turn Mm. the apps off and you're done with it. Yeah. And I mean, it was the same with food delivery as well. Cause he, again, he was delivering during the pandemic and um, he's like, I'm making so much money and everything. And when they started to open things back up more, that's when after I'd been in the house with the kids for like three or four months, I was like, all right, yeah, let's, let's get me out there working. I need a break. So um, I think, there have been a couple instances where um, with right here where I didn't feel safe. And that's when I made the decision to drive later than I should have. And I picked people up from places I shouldn't have. And so, you know, I've kind of learned my lesson there. And then the same with delivery. There was one time where I went to deliver pick up food from this restaurant off of um, Colorado and Evans. And there was a homeless man outside my door and I Nothing against the homeless. I could tell this guy had some mental illness that he was dealing with. And as he screamed at me through my car window, I was like, I'm not going to go pick up this food. So I locked my doors and I left. But I learned my lesson from that, too. I learned, you know, I need to pick which areas I'm picking up from, which areas I'm delivering to, you know, and keeping my car doors locked at all times.
5: But I mean, with that, like you wouldn't have known he was there. It was, I mean, you're picking up a delivery at a restaurant. So it,
2: I mean,
4: know?
2: I, I know, mean, you know
5: it's,
4: I know have likely. lived
3: in, I was gonna say, I've lived in this area long enough to know that on Colorado, the homeless population is really, really high. And I, I mean, most of the homeless population is pretty harmless, but there are. Those you know outliers that are unfortunately dealing with mental, mental illness. illness. Yeah. Absolutely,
5: that's where a lot of it is. A lot of it, or, or uh, they're not right. I mean, they're obviously
2: there's either it's right, they're right. They're unfortunately, those, those are the, or that are, the or ones are out there because they don't know how to find help because right. they just don't right. have the mental capacity to right. do so, and that's so sad. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: de- and I'm here in Denver too, like Lisa, and we do have. Uh, everybody does but we do have a uh, a pretty big homeless situation here that actually compares to other like very very big cities um we're pretty overloaded um i do a lot with the uh denver mission and used to when i was running the bars as well um they do great things but they can only do so much we are like overflowed with our system and we have people everywhere that and that's now,
5: when I thought Colorado, that would be like the last thing. I mean, it's t- it, we have a lot here in Vegas, too. And not just Vegas, but where I live in Henderson. I am I live in a pretty decent area in Green Valley. And um, every corner, not every corner, but quite a few corners, you see some homeless people. But Colorado would have been the last place. Well, one of the last places I would have thought would have a issue with homeless.
0: I think people forest. I think people think Colorado's cold all the time.
5: <laughs> it's not
0: <laughs> and even in the middle of winter, it's yeah. very nice, you know, so it's we catch some bad days, I mean, but
3: in the front range where we live, which is Denver, we're not in the mountains now, if you're in the mountains, then yes, it does get really cold in the winter and it stays cold, but down here it's we have pretty nice winters, they're pretty mild. that's
5: good.
0: Yeah, I mean, down here, if anything, the one thing that's happened a lot is the gentrifying them out of town, which has spread them into neighboring areas, um, you know, which that's no solution. I, 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 I always kind of that solution always boggles my mind, too, on like how the governments think that that helps, because they don't offer any kind of system. They're just like, you can't be here anymore. Well, OK, that's all they know. Right. I mean, you can't you're not even redirecting them. You're just saying beat it and they don't know where to go or what to do and so that always causes a shift in other problems too but um yeah i don't know um do you i mean is there anything that that is that is worth pointing out about women coming into the gig economy that i mean is it a certain type of person are you all you guys that type of person and i'm just not knowing this does it take a certain type of, I mean, like I know people who have never worked in a, in a restaurant. And then I know people never. who have been bartenders or servers and there's, a, they're different type people. You know, people I mean, who have been willing to work in the service industry are different people than those that won't.
5: My background is preschool. I'm a preschool teacher. <laughs> so right. how I got from, you know, I, I've never once worked at a restaurant ever. Me either. Yeah. I mean, my, my background is preschool teacher so you know it was i don't want to say it was a no-brainer but i had a friend that told me about it and i you know thought it was good extra money but so yeah that was just one of those things that just sort of popped up and it kind of made sense to me you know like why not go pick up you know lunch for people and bring it to their office or bring a dinner to their homes and make a little bit of extra money here and there for more?
0: Well, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out if there's any kind of like what because all I would see is that this is an explosion for both men and women because and I think we're all seeing it anyway that this is happening. But the I mean, the the flexibility alone, I mean, Ellen said that she goes home three times in a day, sometimes four. right you know, like, That's a lot. And in, 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 in I feel for the situation. But the fact that she's able to do that, there's no job she could have that's going to let her do that.
4: I feel there's like the no job that would just that, let her
0: I think flexibility
4: go. is the biggest, you know, thing with with what we do, but also it's it's easy. Like it's there's really no thought really involved in it. The app kind of does all the work for you. You're just driving your car from one place to another and you're dropping it off and rinse and repeat, which kind of goes with the flexibility of what we do. Yes right. and no.
2: I'm I'm gonna bet I'm gonna differ with you just a little bit on that because I've seen so many people, and this may sound bad, but I'm kind of in one of those witchy moods anyway, so if you think I'm a witch after I say this, oh so well. <laughs> um, but there are quite a few people with zero common sense, and although yes, you would think that, that is a easy thing, that like they have no customer service skills, they don't have common sense to say, oh, maybe I should let them know that I'm here to pick up an order. Or maybe I should inform the customer that there's a 20-minute wait. Or maybe I shouldn't wait 20 minutes for a $5 order. You know what I mean? So, there, I mean, you have to have half of a brain. And unfortunately, some people don't have half of a brain. And also, I think that if you're too introverted, that it may not be a good fit for you because you do need to communicate with your customers and you do need to communicate with the restaurants.
4: There there definitely is a level of customer service. I mean, that's kind of what we do.
2: Yeah, so that's that's the only thing I would say, whether it's a woman or a man, is if right. you're too introverted and you're scared and you don't want to talk to anybody, find not the best job for you because there is customer service to it.
1: I also think that there's an element of skill, right? I think what we've seen at least in terms of the para data is like the top twenty, you know, top twenty percent of drivers make significantly more mm-hmm. uh, than other drivers. Right, and I think uh, to somewhat, there's that sort of having built your mental model, making the right decisions, but I think we do Mm -hmm. see that. I think another interesting thing is uh, this is sort of a survey, so it's not like the whole, uh, like sort of an opt-in survey, but I think what we've seen is para is most, uh, there are more women on para than there are men. Right, so I think it's actually sort of like 58 or 59% uh, female drivers to male drivers.
2: I wonder why that is, why do you think?
1: Uh, I don't know, but I can sort of anecdotally other stats I've read have mirrored that saying that it's slightly more women doing food delivery than men. Uh, not for Uber and Lyft, but for at least food delivery. I think ours skewed slightly higher than I guess some of the other surveys we've seen. And I think off of the little bit of data I crunched for this, I think, you know, by the 59% women who earned on average $1 per hour more, so not a huge amount, but we're definitely earning more at least i mean i you know don't don't know why but i thought that was cool to share
0: yeah i was gonna say the one the one thing i can say on that is that uh i don't know what it is but taking advantage of an app like para or things like that um and i don't know if you guys remember when the fantasy football craze started not that it's not still around and whatnot but when it started when women first started getting into it they got very statistical very quick and I don't know if you guys remember those years. It was about a year and a half, after, two years after it started. And there was a craze of like women at baseball games and football games who were like breaking down stuff to the T, like way farther than the guys were. So they were taking this to a different seriousness level. And that's all I can relate to it after David said his story was that I remembered that. I remember these women were like crushing it with fantasy football for a while. I don't I have... know if that's still a thing or.
3: I have an opinion on this. Um, I think that the reason why um, women are going to be using parrot and why women are probably more statistical with like the fantasy football thing is because we have a lot on our plate and we don't have time to just. um, What was the word I was going to say? Oh, no, I just lost it. (laughs) We don't have time to waste like so we we want to get to like what do we need to know how do we execute it and then we do it like no messing around because you know yeah, for you a lot wait. of us you're
2: like oh I'll let you see how it goes you
3: got to get on how,
0: how do we do it
3: <laughs> you i mean <laughs> maybe i wasn't trying to out. insult
5: anyone i'm just saying like no, for I, me i think you're right though i think we are we're all over the place you know, family, you know, kids, work, work. I don't know, maybe, maybe
3: no, that? I think you
0: guys are onto something. I just wanted to hear how it was explained because I, I feel like
3: you know, we are we are all mothers, and motherhood is freaking hard, and we are wearing like literally like thirty hats all at once. Like I was talking to my older daughter the other day. And I said I needed to chauffeur her somewhere. And she's like, you're not a chauffeur. I'm like, um, yes, I am.
0: I'm a chauffeur. Yeah.
3: I'm a nurse. I'm a, a therapist. I'm a teacher. Like, I cook, See, yeah, I okay. clean. Yeah. Yes, I, I manage, you know, CFO, is that right? Like, the people that, like, manage budgets and stuff. Like, moms work hard. And we don't have time for, you know, to mess around and especially when it comes to money it's like okay i have this amount of time to make this amount of dollars and i'm going to put everything into practice that i can to reach my goal because i don't want to come home at the end of the night and have missed it
0: do you does anybody think that it's like a a, a women have a easier trust in para since we brought it around to Para. I mean, it, this wasn't my the intent, but since we're here, is it that you think that women might have more of a trust? To try, Para. Um, even David, what do you think? I don't I, know. I don't think
1: so. I agree very much with what German mom just said. I mean, I
0: can't speak from experience, but that makes sense to me. But was it that case last year too? Like, it wasn't that case. To I, mean, where same it was thing. Like, I don't I don't then, have numbers
1: off the top of my head, but as far as I can remember, like when we first started letting people in the Facebook group and onboarding it was always pretty, pretty even if not skewed a bit more. It's been pretty consistent the whole time, to be honest. Wow. Okay. I
3: mean, something to maybe to note is that I read an article that the uh, balance of women in food delivery is higher than men. So maybe that's also skewing the numbers for PARA. Like... I think it was like 58% of DoorDash drivers are female and like right. 27% yeah. of rideshare drivers are female. So you can see the difference of where women want to work in the gig economy.
4: Right.
0: Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that is the case. I mean, almost all of you guys that I know, I don't know barely any, Lisa least you, but I mean, I barely know any who have even done rideshare.
2: Women, really?
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah. I Every mean, most time of I tell,
3: like, when I took female passengers, they were like, aren't you scared to do this? And I was like, not really, because um, of the safety precautions I put into place. Right. And, you know, even though um, certain companies don't want you to carry protection, I did. So, right. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. my life is more important than my livelihood. So, yeah. Yeah. Sure yeah, i
0: don't think any of us have a qualm with breaking the tos to protect ourselves no <laughs> your life is i would say your life is way more important than i mean you can get deactivated and not even turn on the app that day and get deactivated anyway so you can get deactivated for absolutely nothing i think that whatever you feel comfortable doing is we've talked about that before but i think that's what you do
2: yeah, i think everybody should do what they want to do and i probably should have something but i honestly i have nothing
0: but that's like how, I, but that's how you feel safe doing this I, and comfortable. If you, if you didn't, you would change that.
2: Well, and don't carry. Don't... With me, believe me, they're going to run the other way. <laughs>
0: <Right>. That's <laughs> what I mean though. Like Holly, like if you felt like you needed it, you'd go get mace.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But don't carry a tool for self-protection that you don't know how to use. Cause that would actually oh, right. be, Absolutely. that would be yeah. more dangerous than just having yeah. nothing
0: yeah no i agree or don't also don't carry anything that you aren't going to be willing to use mm-hmm. Not only know how that you can point and spray it but are you really are you going to be able to do it to somebody because that's a big difference when some when you actually have to yeah in the situation mace somebody that's a lot different than and like I, practicing I lived, and spraying I, it and
2: if i live somewhere else i think that i would probably have something like if I lived back in the hometown that I grew up in, It's a little rougher. Um, and I think if I was delivering there, I definitely would be carrying something. I think it's because I live here in Sarasota that I don't really come across bad areas that often. I mean, it's, it's happened. I mean, I even have a video about this. When these Two guys followed me at two in the morning and that was a little frightening, but, um, mostly I'm, I don't feel threatened at all here. 95% of the time.
4: I think a lot of the things that we do based off of our comfortability. So the times you work, it's based off of your comfortability, the areas you go to, it's based off of your comfortability. And I think that's where a lot of our flexibility comes from, which kind of makes it the perfect, you know, fit for a lot of us because you can literally live and work in your comfort zone to make Mm -hmm. yourself comfortable with what you do.
0: So, if everybody had to because Kim, I know you've said this before you've said that if you had to we talked about electric vehicles if well if I had to, I would do it. Of course it would be an inconvenience I't I couldn't afford the cost. I don't know how I'd do it, but I'd do it if, I, if that's what it took. So if everybody had to transition to a w2 job and the gig economy was to like fold right now and go away, I mean we're all we're all willing to do this. we're all like if, if whatever I mean if you can't you're not just not going to earn. So, if you had to conform, like how how twisted does your life get at this point? If that like plug was pulled tomorrow, and it was like, okay, go find a job now. We don't care. You're, you're, go find a job, whatever you would need to earn. How like how would that look for each of you?
2: I wouldn't work. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't working before. No, oh. I'm not laughing. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back to that.
5: Well, I am doing a, um, a W-2. Uh, I went back to working at a preschool, the preschool I've been working at. Um, they, The director is absolutely amazing. Her and I work together and it's vital for me to like, from my, the summit I'm working under has to be a very understanding and caring, loving person. And I worked with her for years. She's a director of the preschool. She's fantastic she knows my situation with my son with autism they are very flexible so it's almost like it's like because it's a sub work so i don't have to work there every day she says can you come in on these days i can i say yes or i say no she says what days can you work they know that i have to be out by uh one o'clock to you know get my son from the bus so um i can't i mean i have to unfortunately with the way my market is now and how over overly saturated is i can't just do this full time i i had to go and get and i could probably even somehow work it out to where i'd work the full time but again i like it because it's almost gives me that flexibility of i can come in this day i can't come in this day like i'm working three days this week i didn't work today you know i'm going to be working three days three days last week so and that's obviously more consistent so um if it ended up where I'm sitting hours upon hours waiting for those orders to come in and they weren't coming in either i would get a job a full-time job there or would somehow or another try to find something else but i mean ultimately i have to make money
1: but
0: the one nice thing i just heard out of that compared to when you and i talked before was that it sounds like even that w2 job you're kind of you're flexible with
5: it's much better than the last one i was at the last one i was at it was in the beginning, before the pandemic, fantastic director, closed down, new director, zero understanding. So um, it was just a different time and it was a lot going on. And um, and it's not just the director, I mean, it's everyone across the classroom. So I'm not teaching in a class, which makes a big difference, where before I was teaching in a class. This time I'm just kind of filling in, giving breaks to people, uh, filling in if somebody's out, whatever. So. I'm not as needed. You know, if I don't come in, it's, you know, it's not detrimental if a teacher doesn't come in. So Right. So.
0: I mean, Lisa, how would, how would it look for you and Tony and the way and, and homeschooling and everything you do, how would it, how would it look if, if the gig economy plug was pulled tomorrow?
3: Um, I mean, obviously, if the gig economy plug was pulled completely, that would affect our family quite dramatically because Tony's full-time gig work, I'm part-time gig work, and so all of our money is coming from these apps. But, you know, we have plans to do other things. Um, I don't think that Tony... I mean, Tony would obviously do anything to provide for his family. So he would have no issue with finding a W-2 and, um, you know, working however many hours that he needed to make sure that we're taken care of. Um, For me, uh, when Tony had W-2s, I did very minimal um, work. I still do very minimal work um, with the gig apps, just because it is so important for us to have, um you know a parent with our kids and obviously yep. homeschool them like that's just something that has always been important to us from the very beginning when our you know our first daughter who's going to be 16 was you know a month old so
0: well you um, I mean just their kids alone you guys have like a fourth of a classroom <laughs> of kids so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of drivens
3: yes there are a whole bunch of trivins yes
0: <laughs> like se- there's like seven of them with tony and lisa so. <laughs> yes
2: are they in a lot of extracurricular activities too Yes. Yeah, so aspect uh, and stuff too
3: um, probably them everywhere see i'm so happy that you asked me that question because it's the one that we get the most with homeschooling yeah. and i just want you guys to think about uh, a traditional classroom in a traditional classroom It's 30 kids from the same neighborhood that are the same age, and this is who they're socializing with, right? And then as soon as you're out of school and you get a job, is that how the real world is? Are you socializing with people that are the same age from the same area? Not really. So what my kids do, they go, you know, we do have extracurricular activities. They have soccer, they have voice lessons. Um, They're very involved with their church. Um, but we go to the library we go to the park we go to museums they interact with adults and one thing that happens consistently when we go out in public with my kids is I have so many adults come to me and say your kids are so well spoken your kids are so well mannered and that's because they have social interactions with different people that aren't the same age and the same backgrounds as them
2: well I got that a lot lot with my with my son especially well actually with all of them but because I, they were exposed a lot to adults, but they also had the kids too because they were in school. But I did homeschool one of my daughters, my youngest one. I did homeschool her for one year. Um, but I think it's important that everybody has friends their own age. So I mean, yeah. but I know you're not like totally like keeping them from other kids. I mean, because everybody no, no, has no. to have friends, you know. But right. Um,
3: well, and then one thing that I left out is that on Tuesdays they do go to it's called an options program. It's basically like public school, but it's all homeschool kids. And there's teachers there that teach my kids subjects that I'm not good in like science, music, art, those kinds of things, foreign languages. Right. And um, and they make a lot of friends from from that experience. So that are there. I
2: actually have an elementary education degree my bachelor's degree is in elementary ed, and I taught fourth grade for just a short time. I've been in business really my whole life in customer service, but I did that because I wanted to have a bachelor's degree for myself, and then it's, the classroom to me is just way too confining. You know, this flexible work is way more what I've always been about. It's what I've actually, my whole adult life, working in my family business, I had this flexibility as well. So I've always had flexibility except the short time that I taught. Um, So, I mean, I can kind of see all different sides of it as homeschooling myself for a year, as being a teacher, as being just a parent, you know, I can definitely see all the sides of it and, you know, the advantages and disadvantages and all that. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. I you know I know it's a lot of work so you know it is a lot work, of work, work. when it you do it right it's a lot of work and I know you and Tony and I know you guys are doing it right so thank you I appreciate it like, I know you guys aren't the people that are just like oh here just build this out and whatever you know, I know yeah it's
0: right. not so, it's not like they're just I driving just a sexler around town and yeah <laughs> <laughs> they Hanging drive a Tesla they drive a Tesla piece of people so don't don't <laughs> the hold the that cuddle, against me especially mobile. during this episode nothing was meant there but um uh Kim what would i'm very curious to hear your answer what would your world look like
4: i always say i can't
0: i i I was like literally as i was saying i was thinking like about you like i'm like i don't even know how kim's would look
4: um you know i have no problems going back to w2 because i feel like that's where i've always worked and have come from um as far as the disruption you know i obviously I have a really good support system you know my husband works full-time at a, his own w-2 so you know it would just be a matter of kind of juggling things around again with my daughter and figuring out you know before care after care and but i feel like as parents and as moms like we always figure it out we always make it work so If it meant going to W2, you just make it work. Somehow or another, you always make it work. We're just never going to say, nope, not going to work. Not going to do it. Like, there's always a way of making it work.
0: See, you guys are being elusive again. Like, there's some, like, woman trait that you won't share because David and I are here or something. (laughs) Because there's something, like, you guys are all kind of talking about it, but you're not. It's (laughs) it's Ellen, how old
5: is your son? I have two. I have a 19-year-old. He's going to be 20... uh... Next month, and I have a 16 year old son. So my 19 year old okay. is the one that has autism. Okay, the other one. You know. So,
0: but I feel like you guys, you do have your own code. See, like I feel like you were talking about it here. I feel like Lisa was saying, "Well, you know, we just we're moms, and we figured out. like, okay, well, I'm a dad, I got to figure it out too." And yeah,
2: but <laughs> well, you are. A I mean, what,
5: dad. So, what about you? I mean, what about you, Steve? Like, if it would you go back to W two or David? I mean, if it was but all came down to it. Yeah, like, I
0: mean, if it if it dropped yeah. tomorrow, wouldn't have a choice.
5: Yeah, right, you just do what you have to do, whether you're mom, yeah. dad, or kids, yeah. or even if you didn't, you know, we have to make money.
1: I just really liked what someone said just earlier, really about like, no matter what, we'll figure it out. I know, I remember sort of like in the way back of working on this, having this talk with Steve, and this is one sort of a, one of the whole sort of AB5, you know, in and out, and the whole mess, and where Steve's saying like, you know, hey, like, what would, happen if you know and you know what would happen i always had the same philosophy is you know we'll figure it out people will need help making decisions then uh you know a lot of people don't want to work w-2 for some of these companies alone and we will just figure it out helping other people figure it out basically Uh, so i just sort of really like that philosophy there
3: the good so, thing is, is I don't think the gig economy is going away. Like, I don't think yeah. it's going anywhere.
0: Yeah. I, don't think. I think it's going to be redirected, reformed. I think a lot of things are going to change. I think a lot more is going to actually, I think a lot more is going to come into the gig economy that we're not even seeing yet. Like you think you'd think by now you could just say, well, every job, let's figure out how that job would come in. You could probably figure out ways, but I think we're going to see things that are like hybrid models of things and new, just new ways. Cause this is going to keep growing and growing and to be honest here's my view on on since the title is rise of women in the gig economy i think that as the gig economy grows i'm going to kind of stick with david's stats this, this is just my guess that women might have more of a sharehold of the gig economy jobs than men do and that's kind of unheard of in any industry really i mean we're, we're getting there in certain spots of course but for an entire gig economy industry i think that's a pretty huge statement right there to be able to say and i do think that it will head that way because i think the flexibility <laughs> comes into play for whatever reason with women more often than it does with men you know whether that reason's a kid or you know the guy has two jobs w2 and the the woman is doing two other things but if if it could be flexible I don't know. I just I think that a lot of these gig economy jobs that come around are, if anything, they're probably some of the most appealing to women out there right now as as good ways to earn money unless you're unless your market's horrible. But in that case, you're facing a different scenario anyway. But I mean, if your market's good, if there's money to be made on these apps, I would think that this is appealing to a lot of women, you know. I I, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but obviously my guess is you all feel good about it because otherwise you'd go out there and get W-2 jobs.
2: Is that true, though, for the gig economy as a whole? I know it's true as delivery drivers that there are more women than men, but is it true for the gig economy as a whole with everything included, freelancers and whatnot? Well, I I always do do
0: traditional and app-based. Okay. I like splitting those up and i think All that right. the traditional probably has more men even though there okay. are a lot of women in that space too mm-hmm. but the, i think that the gig apps since the gig apps that part of it i think is balanced i mean when david you know i think i agree with david that i think rideshare is heavily men but i think rideshare died off a bit uh you know, food is, we, we think food dies off from time to time, but it just never seems to die off. Delivery always constantly needed. People are getting used to it. It's like people are getting used to the kind of fees you have to pay and everything. Or they're joining subscriptions and whatever's happening. But people, like, it, I, everywhere I read articles of, like, five things that will stick with us from the pandemic, in there is, even if it's not related, in there is delivery food or delivery groceries. I see it okay. in every list I bring up people are just that's something that people are not going to ever let go of after the pandemic they'll probably go that, back to restaurants i just don't think we're gonna go back to go into them often
4: i think it's become a way of, i think it's become a way of life for a lot of people like as long as people are and i think i've said this before as long as people are willing to stay in their home and not go out to get whatever they need to do and like there's always going to be a form of delivery, whether it's grocery delivery, food delivery, it's always going to be around just based off of, you know, what we've gotten accustomed to because of the pandemic.
1: Well, yeah, it's, we start, it's, it's, it's also, also better better. The companies, right? There's sort of like last mile, pharmaceutical, business to business, marijuana delivery, 15, 20 minute delivery. There's just more and more of these that are coming over time. And I know this is sort of like a cheesy line that somebody had said to me once, but sort of stuck to me, which is just like, you know if we look out sort of 15 or 20 years from now, right, we won't call it gig economy, it'll just be economy, right? Mm. You just start to see more and more of, I think, industries getting going more gig, but also just even within just gig driving more and more of this, right? So I guess uh, we should change the title of just, you know, the rise of woman in the economy, right? Yeah. About
0: the gig, yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, like, to be honest, I think that everybody... I think everybody wants multi I think people are really waking up to wanting multiple streams of income, mm-hmm. wanting multiple ways mm-hmm. to earn. They they that's want people right. want arsenals of ways now because they don't trust anybody anymore. You know, you can go get a W2 tomorrow and be canned that day. They could just say we don't like you. Yeah. yeah,
5: nothing's promised, that's for sure.
0: I mean, a W two isn't gonna solve all your problems, it just is gonna give you a boss and or maybe three, and you're gonna hate one of them. I, mean, I really
4: enjoyed f- not having a boss, I have to say.
0: That's, and that's huge. <laughs> I mean, every I think everybody forgets that when they get to the point of, oh, I've had it with the gig economy. I'm going to go back to W2. And I'm not saying that's a wrong thing. That could be very right for you. But I think they forget what comes. <laughs> it's not like it's all flowers over the, there either, because that's why you left.
1: Or you left W2 land day, to come over, the over to
0: the gig economy, because probably some boss was just rubbing you the wrong way, you know? Yeah. I mean, or just the way the system works, whatever it was. But I mean, like, remember that if you, if this isn't working out, I'm not saying it's the end of the world. It could be the right thing for you, but you do have to go back to what you hated, (laughs) you you know? And obviously people haven't changed. You're going to have a bad boss again. It's going to happen. I don't know. Almost everywhere I've worked, I've worked a lot of places. I've I've never found that every person above me is awesome. (laughs) It's like right. No, you always have one boss, even if other people like them that has it out for you or for that person or whatever.
1: There's just, just always,
0: always like a way. Yeah. And so yeah. I think I, I feel very lucky to sit here tonight. Cause I know all four of you are successful at this and all four of you can go out and I could, I could tell you about a new app tonight. You guys could go, all turn it on in the morning and run it. And I would trust all of you to do that. I would think and you'd be able to all figure it out you get you all all are hustlers (laughs) let's be honest (laughs) you know in the best meaningful way you guys are all hustlers and so i appreciate that and i think there's a lot of other women hustlers out there who are going to find this kind of work fun almost like you know like all the women traders who started getting into the stock market back in the days and like they you know like we were talking about fantasy football i feel like women are going to attach to the gay economy and see that Okay, there's some strategy to earning here, and but you can earn kind of big for, you know, for not like Kim was saying for not the most difficult world work in the world. Right.
1: I yes. Truly, th- yes,
0: there are some. There's some planning into that, and picking, and deciding, and learning. But really, you can get this stuff mastered.
4: I truly enjoy what I do and have fun doing it. So, you know, I yeah. think that's a big key in doing this. Like, I really enjoy doing this every day
0: yeah and that's what i would say too is that even if like you're if, if you heard kim say that and then you were like well i'm not sure i really enjoy doing it every day here would be my question is but would you and because a lot of people their answer might surprise some people here is that would you enjoy doing anything any day and a lot of people are just like no it doesn't matter. I'm not going to like it. Period. So it's like, well, okay, then now you got to do it based on money. If you're going to hate everything, <laughs> and, you know, and you don't have a drive to something, then the gig economy still might be right for you because probably not going to do well under a boss or things like that either. So there's some people out there who just aren't going to be happy no matter what they're doing. Work is
5: work, whether it's gig work or whether to them, whether it's gig work or W work is work. And this, it sometimes it's a lot of work doing this. Sometimes the biggest thing for me is just is sitting there and i think it was um lisa that said you know we only have a certain amount of time to make our money and when you're sitting there with your phone and hello <laughs> do something nothing is happening i mean that's you know that's what gets frustrating but yeah, yeah work is work no matter no matter what and uh, some people are just they're gonna turn a sour eye to everything that they do
3: Yeah. I mean, for me, there's not anything at the moment that is better than this. Um, I'm high school educated. That's it. I never went to college. Um, My employment, because of me being a full-time mom, is spotty at best. So me trying to get hired at a W-2 that's going to average $25 an hour, because that's what I average with the gig apps,
5: it's yeah, like, gonna, yeah. yeah, and yeah. then
3: and then to be able to say, oh, I don't want to come in today because my child is sick or my kid has a soccer game. I'm not going to come in until later in the day. Like that just doesn't exist. It's right. just it doesn't exist. So I, I that's why I love love what we do.
2: I yeah. was, I was when my kids family. were growing up. I worked for a family. So I did have that where I could be like, sorry, Colby's sick, not coming in. Sorry, Megan's got a ballet recital. I'm not doing this. And so I, 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 was very, very lucky in that way that I, when my kids were growing up that I had that. So that's why, you know, when I said I wouldn't work, you know, W2, cause I, I really, I wasn't working at W2 for, oh gosh, when I started this in 2020. So four years, I think before I started gig work, I hadn't been working at W2. So it, it is very hard for me to go into another company that's a W2 because I'm so used to having that flexibility because I have had it generally my whole work career that yeah, yeah. So it's hard, especially when you're a mom. Cause you're like, well, I'm not giving up my kids recital or, you know, really? whatever your kids have, you know, you that they gotta come first. So.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I want to, I, I know that, uh, I, are you still doing Lisa? Are you still doing panel? Or are you doing another panel with women?
3: I, I am doing the ladies night live streams until I can't do them anymore because, the last one went so well and i enjoyed it so much oh, and i've great. gotten such a positive response from the community for it so yeah. um the next one i'm doing is october 10th um and then in october 22nd i'm doing another ladies panel for uh, pedro's virtual gig conference and i already have ideas for november and december and i'm trying to line up ladies for those so yeah, I'm yeah. going to keep doing them.
0: Yeah, so awesome. keep keep your eye on uh, Lisa's channel because I know she already had some of these people and she's had, she had faith. I'm going to have gonna Holly having... yeah.
3: soon, so. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: I mean, that whole community, is, Lisa's kind of branching off and doing what we talked about a little bit here tonight. Probably on Lisa's panel, you might, if you're a woman, you could probably, like, tune into the woman talk that they have without <laughs> us men on the panel and, like, go, I know what she's saying because we don't get it. But something is done between you women, I know. You know that... what?
3: There was a surprising <laughs> amount of men in the chat, though, at my last ladies' night. They're trying to figure like... out how women work. <laughs> yeah. they, it was,
2: I was like, wow, this is cool. I just expected it to be mostly women. but it was. Well, and the other thing Lisa does, it's really amazing, too, I think, is when Tony will do a long live when he's on the road. And she will basically produce yeah. the show for him and she runs everything and she reads the chat and she feeds him the questions and it's 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 really cool i love the way they do that together thank I you love yeah. That. Yeah, yeah i, really I like to that watch too it, because of
0: that i've even i've even seen i've even like uh you know i know that they're both on the same page but i've seen tony be like hey lisa you're a little behind and lisa's like yeah i'm kind of running the house here <laughs> right <laughs> so i like how real it's it like, is like, too, hold on i gotta go do can... this with a kid. <laughs> yeah you can if you
3: tune into tony's live streams you get like the real us because you can hear our kids in the background screaming yeah. acting like dogs i mean saying <laughs> like uncensored things that i didn't expect them to say when i might unmi- uh, like unmuted my mic <laughs> so yeah it's been it's fun i like it
0: yeah so all of these people have great channels um obviously you're watching this on the on the para gig smarter channel um but kim ellen Lisa Holly. Thank you all for joining us here tonight. Um always fun to do these and uh catch us at the next one, I guess. Thanks Be safe, us. guys. Have a yeah, good night. Thank you. Bye. Peace. Thank
2: you.